0: Hi and welcome to the Boat Princess Podcast. My name is Nikki Vo and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry And I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. Boating. Welcome to another episode of the Boat Princess podcast. I am here today with Alison Thompson. Alison Thompson is with Princess Yachts, she is their head of learning and development. Welcome, Alison. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here.
1: Nice to be here.
0: Now, I know you've you've been here, what, about four and a half years? Yeah, that's right. Lots of people that come into the boating industry have had an amazing time with boats as a kid, and that's, that's how um, they came into this industry. But you've got a little bit of a different story there, haven't you?
1: I have. I've never been on a boat before I joined Princess Yachts. <laughs> so,
0: I know you're from Plymouth. I right? am. So, you've seen Princess Yachts here all of your life. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So I grew up in Plymouth, uh, very much part of a middle class family. Um, my dad had a car, we used to go out on family journeys at weekends and I can always remember seeing a princess shop being transported across the city and always thinking that it would be part of a world that I would never see or touch or feel. So it was always very interesting, one of those good luck stories from princess in oh,
0: Plymouth. That's lovely. You're in HR. I am. You've been fully trained in that area. Tell me about your qualifications and and why you went into that space.
1: So I kind of almost fell into learning and development uh, when I was 18. I worked for a firm of solicitors at the time and... Um, back in the days, we had no computers then, so it makes me sound like I'm 180. But um, <laughs>
0: She's not good at good. She's
1: very young. 160 maybe. <laughs> so um, I was asked to start to train individuals in our word processing department. Really enjoyed it. Found that... Um, I could get paid for talking for a living, which was always great for me. (laughs) And so I started delivering training on a one-to-one basis. Um, I had a family, didn't think that I wanted to go back to that environment with two young children. So I went back to college and got a teaching degree and taught um, IT. Part time, both evenings and weekends. Um, seemed to have a knack for it. I really enjoy putting people at ease and feeling like I'm making a difference to them. So I was encouraged to go back to uni when I was 29. So I went back to uni when I was 29. I had three children under three and got my teaching degree. Um, I then worked uh, for the NHS. I implemented the electronic patient's health record across the southwest in the community trust which I really enjoyed and then made the move to Bristol where um, again I was the IT training manager for um, the UK and also then did a lot of work overseas and in America bringing um, IT to life for an awful lot of people so really enjoyed that yeah um, I then enjoy I then joined a facilities management company as far as away from yachting as you could possibly think of (laughs) and I was responsible for training 77,000 staff across the UK and a whole range of different things and that's when I got more involved in the softer skills so looked after the compliance training, technical training, catering, hospitality, pest control, IT, leadership and management, a whole range of different things, really really enjoyed it.
0: So by facilities management, you mean property management, right, Cross? Yeah, so after.
1: absolutely integrated facilities management. So everything from front of house to document solutions to catering to pest control to cleaning to security um, to a whole range of everything that makes your office work seamlessly if you're going to outsource it to a different organisation. Wow, so that's big what job. We used to do. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Lots of travel, lots of talking, making a difference. So, yeah, great. We saw some great organisations from the inside out. So I saw Harrods from the inside out, for example. I understand what makes the London Eye tick. Uh, worked for different pharmaceutical organisations. So it was a really good insight to the way that a lot of businesses operate. But one of the great things was that actually leadership and management solutions and talent solutions are absolutely the same, irrespective of what industry you work for.
0: Mm, interesting. Give us a funny story about one of those uh, behind the scenes moments for you.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was quite nervous about delivering a whole host of IT training for a bunch of bank managers. You, know, you always grow up thinking that a bank manager is the job to have. And they were more interested in learning how to do clip art to show their children when they got home than they were on spreadsheets or anything else to do with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great.
1: Just shows you your bank manager's human too.
0: Mm, very
1: much so. Well <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe mine isn't. <laughs> I hope mine is. <laughs> Special mention.
0: <laughs> so, so you went from that particular role, which was a huge role by mm-hmm. the sounds of it, um, and
1: you're still based in Bristol at that time? I was still based in Bristol. Um, I was then headhunted to go and work for the defence equipment and support, which was a separate trading legal entity from the civil service, dealing with all of our armed forces and making sure that they had all of the equipment to make sure that our troops were safe. Um, That resonated with me because my husband was a Royal Engineer for 26 years. So I joined them and I helped as the head of leadership and talent, transform and move away from the civil service. All of the leadership and talent solutions Uh, The defence equipment and support so it's really good worked with 1500 serving military so great
0: that's a massive responsibility Mm -hmm. yeah because literally making sure the boys and girls out there are are taken care of that's incredible
1: yeah so then i was approached by princess shots to come and work for them back in devon and i thought well what's the transition from warships to yachts so <laughs> it's all on the water right so it can't be that different so um, I really liked the thought process of coming back to my hometown yeah. my family is still in Plymouth uh, my mum was here and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to um, come back work for a, an organization that had gone strength to strength over the last 50 years yes. and actually spend a little bit more time with my family so that's what I did and I've been here now for four and a half years
0: that's fantastic. So a real full circle of yes. going out there and having an amazing career and then coming and still having an amazing career but right
1: in your hometown. I know. I love it. Yeah. I really love working for Princess. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're an amazing company. They, they certainly come across, across as an amazing company from mm. an outsider. So, yeah. I mean I was talking about to Bill about this earlier today that you seem to have a great um, history and pride in this company which – I get the feeling it would help with the culture of the people that you have here. Do you agree with that,
1: Alison? Yeah, 100%. I feel very much that there is a very much a family feel here. Um, we talk about the Princess family um, almost from day one when I joined, and that's one of the things that I find quite intriguing. We have this fantastic brand image, but we're not overly corporate in every single area, and certainly our apprenticeship scheme um, has up to three generations at any one given time working for Princess. And last year's cohort and intake had the grandson of someone who was interviewed by David King, one of our founders. Wow, that's just amazing. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How lovely.
0: So you are heavily involved with the apprentice um, system that you have here. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: So we use our apprenticeship scheme to bring in new talent into our organisation, making sure that we have the right trades within the organisation to make sure Princess is not just fit for now, but fit for the future is absolutely key. With over 80% of our yachts being handcrafted and an ageing workforce, it's really important to keep those key skills in the organisation. So our apprenticeship scheme focuses on um, the main key crafts or technical skills So we have boat builders, we have engineering, we have fabrication and welding, and we have composites. We then also touch around all of the office skills, so HR, payroll, finance, um, logistics, health and safety, L&D, all of those areas we also offer apprenticeships in as well. And we also build our apprenticeship scheme around our talent scheme, so we offer different opportunities right up to degree level for our existing staff as well. So presumably kind of assess when
0: you're taking somebody on and they start working with you, you kind of judge that talent?
1: We do. Um, When we are looking for each new cohort, we look for a fine balance. So I look at those prospective apprentices for our future leaders and I also look for those that are going to be really good, solid craftsmen. We have dedicated leadership pathways across our apprenticeship schemes as well. But it's really important to remember we need people to build our boats and that's what we relook look and focus on as well. And uh,
0: having done a tour of the factory just now, I mean, the, the, the level of, quality of work that's being done here Mm -hmm. you know you can be equally proud whether you're a leader in this or or a craftsman as you say because they really are craftsmen and craftswomen, aren't they
1: they are so we run a whole series of careers events both for local schools and also some of the community groups to bring those skills to life Um, certainly my team works very closely with primary schools so that we have the young individuals growing up Knowing that the art of possible is down to them, you know I think that if you look at careers events when you're around 14, 15, it's too late. They've already had the external influences from home. They've already have their um, mindset on the the path that they want to take. But actually, if we start talking to them when they're much, much younger, we can build that enthusiasm and we can continue to get that to grow. That's what we do.
0: Yeah, just like boating. I mean, if kids get into boating, they they usually follow through right through their adult life. I know, I know. I should have yeah. bought
1: that dinghy when I was six. <laughs> Are your kids into boating? No.
0: <gasps> Alison, we've got to work on that.
1: I know, I've got three boys, so <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> maybe I'll try again with my grandchildren.
0: <laughs> You'll have, maybe love time then.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
0: So um, you've worked in different industries before and you've then come into the boating industry. Mm -hmm. What do you think is is different about our industry compared to those other ones that you were in?
1: I love the enthusiasm.
0: the Passion, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love the ability to make a difference. I love being at the forefront of design. I think one of the reasons why I went into L&D when I was much younger was that I wanted to make a difference. I hate following in somebody else's footsteps, and Princess gives me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess um, it's also a
0: a technology space, isn't it? So it's constantly evolving and becoming... Yeah, it's really...
1: Yeah, one of the things we do for our brand-new cohorts of apprentices every year is we take them to Southampton Boat Show so they have the opportunity to see six or seven of our princess shops fully dressed customer ready so that they can go on they can have a look at what the finished product look like and actually start to build brand pride the part of this whole organisation towards doing that and one of the other things that they also have the opportunity to do is to look at our competitors and actually with no prompting whatsoever in they go, they look at our competitors, they look at the where they see the differences, and they come back with a story to tell. And that type of thing you can't teach in a classroom. Yeah. That's priceless. That's and awesome. I'm so proud. You know, I when I first joined, I used to think I walked around all of the yards with my mouth wide open at these amazing vessels, but they very quickly become part of your natural habitat. But going up to the Southampton boat show with our first-year apprentices. Every year reawakens that passion, and you see them for the first time through somebody else's eyes, and that's amazing. That is incredible. Yeah, mm. yeah, because boat shows are quite special. They are. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I do, I do think people should take their kids to boat shows when they're young, because it is an experience that is like no other. Agreed. Um, and they can literally uh, go across those, and I think it's very, it's quite a good way of. of um, I guess incentivizing your kids to want to do well and yes. um, work hard at school because they could own one of those. I know, you know, I know. And that and that is a I think that's an incredible incentive for them because they are they are kind of almost a world that's very different to any other so mm. i think it's a really good thing to do take kids to boat shows
1: agreed and i know when we're interviewing i probably shouldn't tell you this but we always ask them what their favorite boat is and for those that have a real passion it really comes through and i always think it's quite sad when you have someone who comes for an interview and their grandfather or their father worked here and they'll say oh well you build boats didn't you we're like, but we're much more than that so you know go and talk to your your parents and your grandparents, and come back and see me again, and we'll have a different conversation. Yeah. But yeah, it always makes a difference. Yeah, love that because yeah,
0: it is. It is a passionate business. There is a there is a love um, for boating that exists in so many people that work in this industry, and that really comes across.
1: Yeah, agrees, and I think that's one of the great things about our apprenticeship, which sets it apart from an awful lot of others. It's very marine focused during the first year. They do on and off the water activities every week, part of their team building. We take them out on the water, paddle boating, um, paddle boarding and kayaking and a whole host of other things. They do the Royal Yachting Association qualifications in sea sea survival skills, um, first aid at sea. They do powerboat driver's license level two and the VHF radio operator's license. So there's no misunderstanding whatsoever that they work for the marine industry. They love it. They love being able to go on holiday and take their parents out in the boat that they've got the driving licence to be able to take. Oh,
0: it's great. that's so cool. So, so cool. So I know you've got a bit of a goal in your apprenticeship scheme mm-hmm. in terms of females. Mm-hmm. Can you share that with us and how you're working towards that?
1: So we've worked very closely with local schools over the last two, three years to widen the marine opportunities against um every single school area we probably partner with around about 35 different schools and I want to see more girls in marine and so last year I had a 75-25 gender split so I had female applications and apprentices successful applicants against every single trade which is amazing my goal is to get a 50-50 split
0: yay love that Mm -hmm. that's great I'd love to see that. Wouldn't that be Me amazing? Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I I think I toured this factory about five years ago. And there were definitely more females on the floor today than there were even that short a time ago. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. So I agree. And Bill said the same. Yeah. So it's um it's great to see that. And I think it is it's not about um the guy is not wanting women in this industry. It's just a lack of awareness that it exists for women.
1: I agree. And I think there's a lack of education steer against all areas in marine. So there's a big steer for engineering, so women into engineering. But actually, there should be more with boat building, there should be more with composites, there should be more with fab welding. You know, and again, it's all about the art of the possible. And so Working with one of the um, local primary schools, they were going to design their own yacht for me. So along I went with Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4 children. And they individually presented their concepts to me. So we had dodgems on a yacht... We had helter-skelters, we had ball pits. And I always remember this young girl talking with enthusiasm about a bright red velvet cinema chair where she would be watching a full screen of her favourite movies with popcorn coming out of one arm and a um, Coca-Cola coming out of the other one. And that's the enthusiasm we want to tap into. And without that project and without that forward-thinking teacher, actually, would she have grown up thinking a career in marine was for her. And so we do a lot of work experience every year. We have over the next two to three weeks up to sixty school children coming in with their experience boat line life. And we go out and do a lot of careers events. We did a whole STEM activity over two weeks with the National Marine Aquarium. So we had some VR footage and we had 120 school children sat on the floor in front of this giant shark tank sailing on one of our yachts across Plymouth Sound and that was the first time that an awful lot of them had ever experienced that and that's the enthusiasm we want to get
0: and that's what we want to harness oh that's fantastic I love that
1: yeah it was great
0: yeah and do you go um kind of further into England because of, of some kids not living on a coastal area that don't have any exposure to that
1: yeah so when I first joined princess everything was very much based around Plymouth but now I think with the fact that our apprenticeship scheme is very different to an awful lot um, and we've won so many awards over the last 12 months which is fantastic um the actual outcome means that we have a much higher profile. So we have obviously Plymouth in the southwest, but we have individuals relocating from Scotland, from in the north. We had we've had applicants from Greece, New Zealand, France, because everyone wants to come and join us, and I think that's great. That's fantastic. So while my award my award cabinet is great to have, actually, the wider. Um, marketing piece that that does for us as an organization is fantastic
0: yeah i can imagine because um yeah it's it's, talking about you as a brand in every way across the world yeah is a positive isn't it because suddenly that brand awareness and when we talk about buying the the real estate in people's minds, yeah. in marketing and sales and all those sorts of things, even that process brings your brand in front of a lot of people that may not know about you. So.
1: I agree. And I think it's really important for anyone that's looking to invest in one of our yachts to understand how we develop our people as well and how we retain those skills. And when we take our apprentices to the boat show, as I previously mentioned, they're all very smart. They're all in uniform. And when you have 50 to 60 apprentices walking down en masse, um, giving me a heart attack because I'm thinking, please let everything go okay. Um, (laughs) It's a great thing to see. And actually, it's a great image that we're projecting. And a couple of years ago, uh, pre-COVID, we were there and we had 60 odd apprentices and some of them had been left to their own devices looking around the different shops and everything we got towards the end and I had all of them lined up in front of our stand and um, taking some photos that we could use later and there was a little um, bunch of people just waiting to talk to me and this lady said to me, excuse me are you responsible for the apprentices and I'm like oh no, what have they done what have they done, (laughs) and I went yes I am so she said Um, I just wanted to tell you what a fantastic credit that they've been to the organisation all day. And I was so proud, but I immediately turned to my colleague and I was like, get them on the bus, get them on the bus quick. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll leave on a really good high.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, how Mm. lovely, though, for somebody to actually take the time to tell you that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was very proud of them that day. Yeah.
0: So on that basis, that's obviously something that you love about your job, that Mm -hmm. you're you're putting that together give me some other things you love about what you do
1: training department or the learning and development department is very different to when I joined now so we have dedicated career pathways against every single role within the organization we have online assessments where we look at the innate ability to do a role so we make a much fairer recruitment process we have a dedicated talent scheme And we have dedicated leadership and development pathways. And we have our own crafted in Plymouth Development Programme, which we worked very closely with a local provider to make sure that everyone has those really good foundation skills. So it doesn't matter where you are, who you work for, actually your journey should be exactly the same. And that's what we're trying to do is creating those equal opportunities. And that's what I'm really proud of. And that's what I enjoy.
0: I love that. So you're working on diversity specifically and working on Um, making sure that everyone is is given an equal opportunity. Absolutely. Love that. What do you think is the future of the voting industry in terms of women coming into it to work within this, this space? Do you think there's anything we can do in particular to
1: try and bring more women into this industry? I think we have to create as many opportunities as we possibly can from a very early age upwards I think we need to continue to build strong relationships with the local community, local schools, local colleges. I think we need to look outside of the area. I think um, we just need to harness um, that enthusiasm to bring them in. And I think one of the things that I particularly like is when we are bringing in groups of children who maybe aren't enjoying school, not everybody's academic. That's one of the great things about the apprenticeship scheme is that you create opportunities for everyone, is that you start to create a diversity of thought, but that you also enable them to come in and really make a difference, and that's where we're aiming to be. And the more that we can do to do that and to get people to start to think, so I might not enjoy English and maths, but actually... I understand that I need to know that to be able to create the right lengths for my boat or I've got the right volume of materials for that boat. I can actually start to see and understand why I need to understand formulas and logarithms and everything else until you get to that point. It's just a lesson that can be quite boring sometimes. Sorry, all you mathematicians like <laughs> <out> that. <there. laughs> so giving a point to education, in other words. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's probably best not to quote me. <laughs> No, are you're, you're all over the world now. Sorry, Uh-oh. Alison.
1: <laughs> oh, well, my job here is done.
0: <laughs> but I want to delve back a little bit into you personally. Mm-hmm. You had some very big career roles when you had small children. I did. And that's a challenge that a lot of us as women face uh-huh. um, in having that. Is there some tips that you can give us that you... There were some things that you did that helped you through that process or
1: um I don't know how I did it now when I look back (laughs) I had three children under three and I was a single parent and I moved to a new area and started again so I moved from Plymouth to Bristol for a whole host of reasons um I think for most people the biggest limitations that are ever set on them is the ones they set on themselves personally so don't listen to other people. Listen to your inner voice and actually move forward and make a success. And I think while it's very easy to listen to criticism, the only person really stopping you from doing anything is you. And so you should listen to the stronger voice inside you to, to really move forward. And ignore the negative one. Absolutely. Mm. So that's um, that's
0: very inspirational for all the women out there that you were were doing that, three children under three. That is Mm. just incredible.
1: Yeah, things were a little bit different back then as well because I went back to do my teaching degree part-time and I had my third son. He was a baby. He was only six, seven months old. And the university said to me, bring him with you. So he literally used to sleep. In the corner in his baby chair, and I used to feed him between lectures. So actually, he's probably one of the youngest individuals ever to go to university at seven (laughs) months (laughs) old. I love that. But that's, see, that's a perfect
0: example where situations can help us, where the university has actually said to you, okay, bring them in. Yeah, and and that made a massive difference to your life. Yeah. So, um, and it so it's the little simple things out there, folks. If we can, if there's something you can do within your workplace or something where you can do within your training facility, your institution of education, whatever it is that helps women to have um, a more sort of balanced, um, not balanced because that's not the word I'm looking for. The word I'm looking for is. Um, a fairer opportunity to do um, what we would love to do I think I think that's really really important and it's those little things we can do
1: I think so I had a fantastic female manager who um, would talk to people on an individual basis and I think once you know what that individual needs you have an individual solution for them and so listen to your workforce find out what they really need, and treat them as you would expect to be treated yourself. It makes a world of difference.
0: What do you love work, about working for Princess, specifically against the other people that you work worked for in the past?
1: I love my team. I have a really great manager. Um, you can pay me later. <laughs> But no, I do. And I think I enjoy coming into work. Um, It doesn't feel like a chore. And I know I've mentioned it before, but I really do like making a difference. And I have the autonomy to do that here. And I've worked in lots of different cultures, in lots of different areas. But actually, I feel at home here. And I think that's the, the big difference. My team have my back. I have theirs. There's a mutual respect there. And I think together as a team, there's probably not much we can't overcome. And... You know, and I say that wholeheartedly. Yeah,
0: yeah. That that is actually a massive part of a team. If everybody has each other's backs. Agreed. Isn't it? That's (laughs) really, really important. And unfortunately, sometimes within female teams, especially sometimes, that cannot be the case. And I think we as females need to make sure that especially for those women that we are bringing up, because you and I have, uh, you know, at the peak of our careers now and uh, we've done all that hard bit, graft bit coming up to this bit and um, I think we need to make sure as the more mature women that we are um, having the backs of the younger women but also that those younger women understand that that's a mutual process um, and that we need to support each other in order to be... Um, uh, the people that need to be there for each other to help each other. I always say um a rising tide lifts all boats. I think that's great. And and we need to we need to help each other. And if we all help each other, then we will all rise. But if we backstab or if we, or if we mm. cause problems for other people, that's not fun. So
1: No, and I think it's important to share your story with other people and build a really strong network you know I'm a firm advocate for having many coaches and many mentors because you will use them at different points in your career um, for different reasons and it's important to have that there so have trusted individuals really
0: and like you say talking to them about their individual position I mean you you were a perfect example you had three children under three so Mm. you needed a certain level of support and that was given to you yep. by certain things that you could do so that yep. you were able to be where you are now which is amazing yeah it's talking of which you took a little bit of a a moment was it 2017 2019 you did a master's in event creative event management why <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> why not see i love that attitude
1: um i think i've I've done such a deep dive into learning and development and talent. I th- thought that I would find a degree that would complement what I did, but I'd also learn something new. So a lot of learning and development is putting events on. And so for my sins, I signed up and, yeah, I got my master's in creative event management. Do you think
0: having a master's has made a difference to your career or to you personally?
1: I think it was... I think it's made a difference to me. Um, it was quite tough going back into education, it gave me a better understanding of some of the things I put my team through, um, which was good. <laughs> um, it's always for the greater good, though, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I had the opportunity to take part in the management of the um, masquerade balls in Venice because oh, obviously wow. that was a great thing. So, I learned all about lighting. I spent two weeks in Venice, being part of that team. Oh, you poor so thing! So that was oh, I know, was, yeah. yeah, awful. <laughs> <laughs> but then, if you think about it, there was water, there was boats, so there exactly.
0: was legs like, <laughs> along the way. Yeah, it's very appropriate. Yeah, in the I, um,
1: I worked for. This, I was working for the civil service at the time, so it was quite good to do something creative. She said very quietly, <laughs> 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 away from the warships. <laughs> oh, I love that, but that's yeah, that was an
0: amazing opportunity. Then, so. Um, and something very different again. Yeah, yeah,
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's important never to stop learning. Everyone's heard the expression, haven't they, that every day is a school day. Um, that was a tough school day. But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it I agree, was good. I agree with you. Every If you learn something every day and you make the effort to learn something every day, I think... Uh, I think we we stay more interesting people Mm. um we develop ourselves um I love listening to things in my car all the time because that that is an education space I can use for myself um and you can you can never I mean especially about boats my god you can never know everything about boats There is so much to learn about boats. So um, and that's the point of this podcast is teaching people about boats and about the boating industry, which is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So, Alison, thank you so much for being with with us here today. It's been a delight talking to you. Thank you. Is there anything you want to tell the women out there about getting into the boating industry that we haven't covered and we really should?
1: Do it. (laughs) just give it a try it's very different I think certainly over the last four and a half years with Princess um, I've had the opportunity to do lots of different things which is fantastic culminating in a royal visit which was fantastic <laughs> And Princess Anne came so that's yeah. awesome give yeah. it a go
0: yeah. yeah yeah she wasn't talking about me guys she was talking about Princess Anne yes I was <laughs> <laughs> but, but we can pretend can't we <laughs> Uh, Alison, it's been lovely having you here. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Princess have, of course, looked after us extremely well, as always. And um, it's been lovely to be here in the UK and enjoy, in fact, quite a bit of sunshine. Absolutely. (laughs) it wouldn't be so green if there wasn't a lot of rain in between, though, right? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, guys, it's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you for your ears. As always, I hope you've learnt and been a little bit more inspired by Alison and myself today to join this amazing industry. Certainly, if you're anywhere in the UK, Alison would love to talk to you about being an apprentice at Princess or any other role she's got lined up right now. So, um, you can contact Alison by email
1: alison.thompson at princessshots.com
0: wonderful thanks alice and it's been great talking to you i will see you guys on the water soon so thank you everyone for your support of the boat princess podcast it's really getting out there and i'm getting some amazing comments and dms in the back of instagram i'd love it if you could review the podcast Um, the more reviews obviously we receive the more people get to hear the podcast and i think the stories that we're getting from the boating industry and from those who love their boating are really important to get out there not only to help other boaters but as of course, it is always my goal to get as many women into boating and confident about boating and potentially into the boating industry as well as possible. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Ross and Whitcroft and Quality Marine Clothing for their absolutely brilliant support. They have been quite incredible. And if you're looking for uh, uniforms for your marina or uniforms for your super yacht or anything in that uh, beautiful sailing clothing uh, boating clothing space then of course quality marine clothing and ross and Whitcroft are the place to go thanks everyone you take care please keep sending me all those messages and leaving those comments on instagram i really do read everyone and i love them and it really makes a difference to my day so i'll see you on the water soon